good. Hopefully, y'all had some good conversation, reflection from the last couple of weeks. So, uh, we're going to jump in. So, again, just thinking about the gospel narrative, week one, last week, talking about how to share your faith, one word evangelism. Great, great, yeah, verse and chapter there in Romans. Uh, tonight, we're going to be um, talking about sharing our story. So, the power of a, a transformed life. Just, I saw this beautiful image. Uh, captured from uh, the blind man in, uh, in the parables captured in John chapter 9. And uh, you'll remember the famous sentence that, that he said and really the experience that he had. And that's really where the thrust of where we're going to be going today is his, he was touched by his Savior. He was touched by God in flesh, Jesus Christ. And at that moment, uh, he was healed. And he began to be become one of the greatest evangelists at that time in that particular part um, of the city of Jerusalem. And he was saying, all I know, they're like, who did this? What happened? How did you get healed? And his response was, all I know is I was once blind, but now I see. And they were like, who is he? You know, were you, what, you know, how did this come about? And so he kept on, he ended up becoming one of the greatest evangelists because he was saying, listen, you know, if, if you want to go talk to him, he's right here. All I know is that's my savior. He was the one that healed me and touched me. So, um, as we think about how that impacts us today and in our own lives, this is a verse that kept, kind of kept coming to mind for, for this team as we're putting together, uh, these next couple of, of weeks to, together for you in first Peter three really just gets at this idea of preparation. It gets at this idea of, are we ready to share the hope that we have? And you'll see the full verse up there, and uh, you can tell uh, on this side of the screen, it's, it's flashing because it's so important. That's why the, the screen's going in and out. It's so important that this First Peter 3 verses, you'll see it even written on, on the table as well. But it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ as Lord is holy, always being prepared always being prepared to make a defense for anyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. You do this with gentleness and respect. We never want to be ones that are out beating people over the head and condemning people to hell. Uh, but really it's with gentleness and respect. We are to be ones that are ready to share the hope that we have. So before we get out of here tonight, our hope and Laura's going to be up here in a little bit as well, is that you would have a greater sense of preparation that when that moment comes, when you're uh, standing in line at the grocery store, when you're talking to a family member in a few weeks at Thanksgiving that doesn't know Christ, uh, wherever it may be, when you're out at a social gathering with friends that don't have the hope of Christ within you, when that moment comes, when they see that you're uh, different and distinct and they're curious, not about you, but they're curious about the Jesus in you, will you be ready? So our hope is that you will be just a little bit more ready after the end uh, of tonight. So uh, the first verse we're going to look at is Titus chapter 3. So it's written down there. You can turn in your Bible as well. But again, everything that we want to be about is just pointing y'all back to the scriptures. So the first thing we'll say, so the context, this is Paul writing to a newly established church, and it's, it's in Crete. And so in Crete, uh, Paul was establishing elders, and he was even calling out um, false teachers. On, you know, really, that's what we're talking about in our Sunday series as well with the book of Second Peter. Um, so he's calling out uh, false teachers and even just non-believers there in Crete. So Paul is writing to Timoth- uh, to Titus, and and there he's really trying to build a bridge in sharing his story, Paul's story of of what he was before Christ. So if you see, when we read this in a second, look at. 
I mean, Paul is one of the champions of the early church. He was uh, one of the greatest evangelists of his time. And, and we read the majority of the New Testament, which are penned by him, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And Paul, look at the humility. And that's what I want us to grab onto, really two things. One, the humility of the Apostle Paul. And then two, just the way that he explains to these new believers in Crete as he's writing to Titus and writing to that church, the story of what Christ has done in his life, all right? So Titus 3, 3 through 8, great model for all of us in this room tonight. So verse 3, just we'll make a couple of observations as we go along. For we ourselves, we were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in, in malice uh, and envy, hated by others and hating one another, you can feel the weight of that, right? This is saying this is who we once were. He's not trying to clean himself up. He's really just trying to build a bridge to these uh, seekers, those who don't know about the hope of Jesus yet, but feel the weight of that. Look at all those. Just If we just do a simple observation, these are the things that he, he was, we ourselves were, that group of people. And I'll tell you, it transitions to this um, before Christ phase of this is who we were apart from Christ. I'll tell you, it leads into some of the most beautiful two words in all of the Bible. And you'll see it sprinkled throughout the New Testament, the sweet two words of but God. And man, I'll tell you, there are sweet words because individually, as you think about your own story, what God has brought you from as those that have been united with Christ Jesus, forgiven uh, by the perfect blood atoned for him that we've talked about the last couple of weeks, that's when we can say, yeah, this is a part of my story and a part of what I've been through and what God is, the sin that God has brought me from, and I'm not perfect, but God has done this. So look at verse four. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works that we did in our own righteousness, anything that we did with our own hands. It's not because of that, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of gener- regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus Christ, our Savior. And then he wraps it up in this third section here. So that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life and devoting them. And, and uh, it goes on to say they're, they're devoting themselves to good works. So just two observations there. We've moved from this is who I was, and this is Paul saying this is who I was before Christ. He goes into verse 4 saying, but God, this is what he did. And I'll tell you, I love this song. We sing it on Sunday. It's a Hillsong song. Um, and it just says, I'm not going to sing it because y'all will go running out of here and the windows will start breaking and everything. So that'd be a bad deal for everybody. But, um, but the words that we sing is uh, savior, author of salvation, right? It's not Brandon of salvation because I shared with them and he accepted because I said this verse and he, you know, and God like moved. So it's not that it's God is the author. God is the, the creator in the begin the one that um, the term that they'll use, um, the you know, theological term, whatnot, whatever they'll use is um, illumination. God has illumined our hearts to see him. God has illumined our eyes to behold the beauty of what God has done through the cross of Jesus Christ. So that's when we move to the middle part, and it is all, it's the but God section. And again, as we think about our own stories, uh, we're going to be talking about this in a second 
Think about what God has brought you from, and it is by no other way than his gracious, uh, loving kindness. That's what it says right there. Um, verse 4, his goodness and his loving kindness of God that he illumined our hearts to see him. And I'll never forget, I was um, talking to a buddy of mine, man, this is, uh, years ago, and I was so excited because I did share uh, Christ. I shared the gospel with a buddy, and I think in his, he was a good friend, um, in the way that he loved me as a brother could, uh, that was also, it was, a, uh, I was living in a different city, but, but he said, man, that's great. And he was celebrating in a, just in a little gentle way. He's just like, but man, just remember, he's like, I heard you say a lot of, I did this, I did that, I did that. I'm like, yeah, 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 I did. I said that. That's the right verse. I did that, I did that. And he's like, just remember, like God ultimately is the one that stirred in his heart and did everything. And I'm like, Oh, yes, you're exactly right. Like, thank you, sir. May I have another? And he just, it was a gentle, kind word and a, and a kind rebuke. Um, but it just reminded me of this middle section. It's but God, and he is the author of salvation and initiated everything. So that's this middle section we're going to be talking about um, here in just a second at your tables. And then the last section is the now since Christ. Look what Paul says in this last, as he's ta- talking to Titus, he's like, so what does this mean? He says, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs. There's a new identity here. He's not saying I'm a uh, member of Jerusalem. I'm in this high council. I was born in this family. His identity is no longer found in those things. He says he is now an heir of Jesus, of God, according to the hope. How? It's according to the hope of eternal life. And what happened in his life as a result, it led him to doing good works. And so for us as a believer, you know, as believers in Christ Jesus, um, it's the first part of, you know, James is filled with this, you know, just accounts of our faith leading to good works. And that's what you're seeing here is there's been a, a, a remarkable just touching of God in our hearts that leads then to us doing good work. So that's kind of the three-part example that we're seeing. So again, just to kind of underscore the point of Titus 3, there's a three-part uh, really just uh, letter that Paul's writing to Titus. And he's saying, part one, before Christ, these are the things that we were. This is what I was. This is what I was prone to in my flesh. This is what I sought my identity to be in. And then this middle section, number two, at conversion, but God. I should have put but God in there. Right in the middle, we read verse four through six. And now this last part that we just read at the very bottom, at verse seven and eight, is since Christ now, what has changed? What's been new? How do you think differently about what God has done for you? How do you approach scenarios? What has changed in your life, your, your heart? What are you being drawn to? How do you spend your time? What gives your heart delight and affection for him? Like it used to be found in this and it was hollow and empty, but now my heart just beats for this. And I now I actually sing on Sunday morning because I used to just go and check the box, whatever it is. So it, you'll see this three-part model um, unfolding here. So we just want to write down some other examples. You can write, uh, read this in your own time. But we, we started here uh, with John chapter 9, that picture, the beautiful um, picture that we saw there of just the blind man now seeing. And his testimony became, all I know is I was once blind, 
But now I see, and it's because of that rabbi, that teacher, Jesus Christ, and he places faith in him as Savior. John 4, the woman at the well, uh, Jesus, in only way he can, spoke prophetic truth to her and said, this is, you know, the man you're living with now is not your husband, nor is the other uh, five. And he was, he was calling her, uh, and really just in, in only the way that God, the Son of God can, was enlightening her with, with truth, and her heart was impacted. And she went to the village and told everyone around, she was saying, come and see this man who knows everything about me. And more and more folks just were driven to this person of Jesus, and they heard and they believed. So you see that woman uh, becoming an evangelist there. And then uh, Philippians 3, this is Paul's resume of this is who I was. I was a Pharisee of all Pharisees. I was, uh, you know, the, the chief of all learners. And he was, just kind of, he was saying I was uh, circumcised on the eighth day. I'm from this family. This is my lineage. And he was going through his resume um, of just religiosity. And that might be some of our stories in here as well, right? Just saved, you know, just born in the, you know, front row of the, you know, church pew. And, uh, and that's all you ever knew is just being in the church and you were doing this and you're killing it and you're memorizing scripture and uh, showing up every week at Sunday school. But in the midst of that, there was just an absence from a genuine love for Jesus. And maybe you're finding your salvation in just your attendance at things and the way that you were good or you just had a good right standing. There was a very deeds and um, based to meritocracy, you're trying to just kind of present before God. That's what Paul was saying there too uh, in Philippians 3. And then a great theological underpinning and understanding of just this picture in a beautiful way is Ephesians 2. If you read that, it's just the first 10 verses there. It just does, a, uh, it's a beautiful picture of uh, the seriousness of who we were apart from Christ. It uses words like we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Um, I mean, very weighty language. And then, and again, right there, I think it's also in verse four, it says, but God, and it goes on to say uh, in his loving kindness, how he has illumined his heart. So th- those are the examples that um, we'll point you to as well. That you can read um, again as well. So we want y'all to have some, some table time. This is what we would love for y'all uh, to really discuss here. And we're going to camp out uh, really just on that middle section. And I'd love for y'all to share. We want to take some time, think through the but God moment. So at conversion, uh, what did this look like for you? When did you begin to behold and see the beauty of who, who Christ was? And he was more than just a Sunday school story, but he was becoming um, savior of your life and Lord of your life. And so uh, when was it, and we want you to get even specific to really think through where was I in my life when this happened? What city was I in? How old was I? Who were the people that were surrounded? excuse me, surrounding me while God was working in my heart? When did I begin to like bear fruit because I wanted to follow Jesus and cherish him? When did my life start kind of, when, when did I start making direction? Like uh, when did I start making decisions that were unlike what I used to in my carnal and fleshly way? So if you think through that, and just to give you a little bit of my story as well, and I don't know if anybody can uh, relate to this maybe, but as a little guy, I was, uh, by God's grace, I was raised in a Christian home, and I do vividly remember at the age of six, so for me, I was in that front row of this, of service, and I heard the gospel, and I do in my heart of hearts uh, know and believe that God um, spoke to me, and I heard that God loved me. I heard that God sent Jesus for me, and that he could pay for my sins so that I could be forgiven 
and live with God forever. And in my young um, mind and heart, I said, yes, I believe. So I do believe I made a genuine proclamation. However, for me, I just went on to live a very casual Christian faith through middle school and high school. So through that, I was just like a moral guy. Like I was just doing the right things and avoiding the wrong things. And I was not saying cuss words and just, I was just doing, I was just kind of going about life in a very moral way, but it was, hear me loud and clear, absent of any genuine love for my savior, Jesus. It was just me wanting to have good standing before my parents, before my family. I was a son of, you know, pastor, third generation pastor's kid. And my dad's dad and grandfather's pastor. So I just was trying to do right for the eyes of man that had no genuine love for my God and savior. So what happened was I went to SMU right around the corner um, and man, I was like, man, what was I missing out on? How I was driving all my drunk friends around in high school. Like, I think it's my time. It's my time to experience what, uh, what I may have been missing, missing out on what I felt like. So man, for the first two years of my, in my school days at SMU, um, I just lived for myself. I turned my back towards God. I lived, uh, very much in an act of rebellion towards him. And it was a self-centered way of living, um, just getting caught up in the party scene, abusing alcohol, unhealthy relationships with women. And I'll tell you, it was after several, two years uh, straight of just getting caught up in that scene. Um, I was in my fraternity house the end of my sophomore year, and I felt the weight of my sin. And I knew it was coming, uh, but I knew I was hurting people, the guys in my life that I was just kind of saying stupid stuff to under the influence of alcohol, bad decisions I was making under the influence. And I remember the morning after a party, the end of my sophomore year, I got on my knees. I was feeling the weight of my sin. I was seeing collateral damage around me. My grades were dropping for the first time in my life. I was seeing all these repercussions. And I got on my knees. And I'll, honest to goodness, the, you know, growing up in the church, you can uh, hear a lot, but, you know, in your mind and never really have it moved to be in your heart. And that was just God's timing. And I'm grateful for the way my story worked out. But the story of the prodigal son came to mind. And I remember there was no Bible in front of me, but I knew it here. But for the first time in my heart, I was saying, that is amazing grace that just like the young prodigal who squandered everything, his father's inheritance, I felt like I squandered my father's, you know, the spiritual inheritance that I was, you know, just kind of circled around. And I just remember thinking for all the sin and pain that I brought to myself and others around me, I said, that is amazing grace. And it clicked. I was, I still get emotional thinking about it. I was 20 years old. um, And for the first time, I'm this church kid. In the end of my sophomore year, I'm like, that's what's so amazing about grace that Christ died for that. So for me, I'm just, that's a part of my story. I I believe I made an early proclamation, but my, the, um, my, everything began to, um, just kind of make sense in my heart. And I, I began to really understand, um, Jesus wanted more than just to be Lord of my Sunday. Cause that's all I was given. I was, he was Lord of my two hour Sunday morning when I'd go to church and, uh, and man, I was missing out on making him Lord of my life. And that was a steady progression when for the first time, I remember I got on my knees and I prayed the most simple prayer in the history of prayers. The first thing was, God, I'm done. I want to turn from this stuff. I was repenting. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm seeing the damage. And the second part of my prayer was just saying, I need help. Help. I knew it. I was like, I need help. And, uh, by God's grace, he met me in that earnest and genuine, uh, just simple prayer and not, but a couple weeks later, I met the guys that for the first time, um, 
you know, I'm on the men's community team. That's why I'm so passionate about it. I got my first men's community group. We met every Thursday night. We'd go through the word and we'd pray um, to begin to apply this in our life. And I had never done that. And it scared the heck out of me. I'm like, what? We're going to have to, we have to apply this stuff on Friday night, Saturday night. And it was super new for me, but God met me in that. So I share that because that, for me, was the time when Christ began to be Lord of every part of my life, not just the 9 to 11 o'clock Sunday morning time frame. So, um, so anyway, so that's what we want you to just be thinking about. Uh, and again, my life hasn't been perfect since, but by God's grace, I'm just, trying to, I'm just trying to grow day by day in the grace and knowledge of my Savior. So, so at your table, we're going to give you a good 15 minutes. Uh, feel free. I would love for you all maybe get in groups of three if you have like a bigger um, table, just so y'all each get a chance to share. So no more than three at a time, maybe, and just share what was your, but God moment at conversion. This is when it made sense for me. And then we'll camp out on kind of helping you structure the rest of your story. All right. So we'll give you 15 minutes, share that, but God moment, and we'll come back in a little bit. All right. Man, praise God. I get the shivers every time I see that video. Isn't it crazy? You guys that like each person, if y'all just look around the room for a second, And just think of all the things that you just shared and heard from your table. And think about all the different stories that are sitting in this room. And you've heard, what, like three minutes of people's lives? And think of the years that have gone by that you could just sit there and hear so many interesting things. Um, And what's so cool is that there are so many stories waiting to be written that the Lord has already written and chosen um, those people to come into his kingdom and he's chosen you guys to be the ones that get to go share. Like, that's incredible. Never ceases to amaze me. I'm Laura, by the way. Nice to meet you. Um, so I get the privilege of being one of the residents here um, for the young adults team. Unreal. Um, I'll share with you a little bit about my story. But did y'all get the cross? Awesome. So what I'm going to talk about... Um, Part of my job, a big part of my job is just sitting down and meeting with women and saying like, hey, let me hear your story. And if you can imagine when two girls get together um, and you say a blanket statement like that, it's going to last a long time, huh? So women, yeah, we like to talk. We have a lot to talk about. I'm guilty. Um, So so kind of the thing that I'm going to share with you guys is how to take that 20-minute, 30-minute hour-long story and just wrap it up into 60 seconds or 30 seconds because truthfully it'd be incredible if we got to sit down and hear that much of everyone's story um but if you're in tom thumb um chatting with somebody else who's picking out the same cheerios or whatever else you're doing do y'all eat cheerios yes no okay i don't either um but if you're just in a random place, you're not always going to get the luxury of getting to sit down. And so some of my favorite um, opportunities to share the gospel have been super short and super quick. So three things we're going to focus on. You're before Christ and then after Christ. So um, how many of you guys were um, raised in church and would say you had a saving faith when you were young? Like, truly understood the gospel and had a transformed life early on. Anyone else? Okay. Um, and then how many of y'all, just by show of hands, are um, lived adult life and then found Jesus later on? 
in life. Okay, it's a half and half mix. That's awesome. That makes me so happy. Um, I feel like um, when I first came here, I was like, wait a second, I don't have a story. Um, and that's so not true. Um, so here are two different ways for both of you guys. Um, for you guys who lived um, most of your adult lives without Jesus, you're going to have a for sure definite before Christ and then your Christ, your salvation experience, and then after Christ. But for those of us who had a salvation experience when we were super young and um, truly had transformed lives, it's been a process of sanctification, which is just a fancy word for the Lord making us like him, which is never going to happen until we're in, uh, we're never going to be completely fully whole until we're in heaven. So that's going to continue happening. So what we're going to say is a life without Christ, what we would be like without Christ, what we're prone to, um, And then we're going to say, but because of Jesus, because of the cross, because of his transformation in my life, um, this is, um, this is who I am because I know the truth. Does that make sense? Any of that unclear? Sort of. I'm getting lots of, okay, that's awesome. Um, so I'll share with you, um, a little bit about my story and kind of, um, broad picture, a longer version, and then I'll tell you how I kind of wrap it up um, and, and make it quick. So I was raised um, in a loving home. My parents were incredible. My mom was a really strong woman of the faith, and my dad was not really so much. So um, got the front row seat to his struggle with alcoholism, but still got to go and hear the gospel and understand early on that, um, hey, Life is going one of two ways when I die. It's going to go heaven or hell, and there's no way that I can do anything good to get into heaven. Um, But because Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and was raised again for my sins, I could go to heaven. Um, And so early on, had that transformation and was quickly thrown into leadership positions um, as people recognized that my life was different Um, and really relied a lot on my own strength. Um, and eventually my well ran dry. I um, was completely isolated because I was the person helping everyone else. And I thought, um, in a way, kind of tried to be Jesus instead of rely on Jesus and point people to Jesus. So, um, I, um, yeah, eventually got to a point of, of burnout and a point of um, um, just isolation. So while I was busy Caring for everyone else, and there were really ugly things rooting up in my life that I didn't really understand that I could be vulnerable about, and I didn't feel like I could be discipled. So um, what that looked like for me was lust. From a really early age, um, I kind of wanted to be a stripper, believe it or not. And so um, and uh, we'll talk about that in a second, just, just glorifying your sin. I um, had these really ugly, ugly things in my heart that I had no clue that I could just stand up and say, hey, this is what's in my mind. Like, this is what's in, um, what's going on up here. And, and also another big thing was just like chasing relationships the way that I'd seen my parents model. Um, so that looked like me being the strong woman of faith going after, uh, people who, um, were just broken and, and looking for affirmation. And I thought I could give it to them. Um, and then, um, had a steady, um, um, See, look at me. I'm even blanking over my words. You guys are kind of intimidating, just so you know. <laughs> um, 
had a steady and um, had a steady faith, but kind of just live recklessly from the sin that was welling up in my heart. It was also another big thing, a, a big way that I tried to find affirmation and worth um, through through men, obviously, in relationships, but also through a career. So I chased, Hannah knows there in the back, I chased this music career. She got to go to college with me. I got to go to college with her. I chased this music career and um, thought that that could give me value and thought that could give me worth and thought that those um, uh, relationships and those those people who... who um, um, liked my music, were there to validate me. Um, so just completely self-centered and, and lived a reckless life, drunkenness, DUI, um, in and out of broken relationships. And this is all having been a believer. So my story is 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 one of the Lord kind of coming, coming around me and cleaning up and picking up my head and saying, hey, Laura, it's not going to go well until you start living the way that I have designed you to live. Hey, Laura, again, here we are. You're broken and there's so much grace, but it's not going to go well. You're going to keep feeling these, these deep feelings of, of hurt and emptiness and loneliness until you, until you embrace the love that I've already given you. And so, um, Found freedom through biblical community for the first time. Got to share my sins and share my thoughts with other people. And um, James 5.16 says if we confess our sins, um, it says to confess our sins and pray for one another so we can be healed. Um, And um, little by little, the way that I dressed changed, the way that I talked changed, the way that I acted changed, the way that I saw relationships and completely laid down this career that I thought would validate me. Um, and now I'm getting to use those gifts um, for the Lord's glory and understand that um, my life was made for something so much bigger than me. Any questions? Okay, so that was a great example of what not to do ramble. Um, so I'm going to say when I'm sharing with people super quick, I will typically, in the middle of the bridge illustration, um, write down three things that characterize my life without Christ and three things that character characterize my life because of Christ. And the, for me, the three are going to be, um, anxiousness. So I'm going to write anxious. And change color so you can see it. And um, unworthiness. So, um, again, going into what I was telling you guys about finding my validation, it really came from a root of thinking that I wasn't worthy of being um, known and loved. I felt like I was known by a lot of people but had very little surface relationships. I felt like I could know other people, but they couldn't really know me. Um, And... um, I feared intimacy. And then um, we flip over to see um, how Christ has redeemed these areas of my life. So instead of being a person who is marked by anxiety... 
I am at peace because I know the truth. And while, and while I still struggle and while, yeah, it's kind of nerve wracking and anxious to stand up in a room full of rock stars. I'm sure you guys have shared your story before. Um, I know the truth. And the Lord says in John 14, 27, my peace, I, I leave with you. My peace, I give. Do not be uh, troubled. Um, I do not give as the world gives. And um, instead of unworthy, who knows what this would be? Worthy! And this, since I'm such a great public speaker, um, we obviously, I, that was a total joke if you didn't catch it. Um, here, here we see, hey, my worth does not come from how good I can do things. My worth does not come from um, my ability to share the gospel or my ability to um, perform, sing great songs, or um, for me, career, just that success, my, my worthiness is because I am a daughter of the king, of the God who created the heavens and earth. He adopted me into his kingdom and said, hey, you have value because you are mine. I have called you. I have chosen you. I have loved you. Um, And just how much better I can sleep at night knowing that there's nothing that I can do, that there's nothing wrong with me. How many of you guys have ever felt like there's, hey, maybe there's something wrong with me? Anyone? Yeah. Has anyone felt unlovable or unworthy? Yeah. I'd imagine we all have at some point. Um, but John 1, 12. Um, so I like to memorize a few scriptures and just say, hey, I know the truth. Um, and for fearing intimacy, I kind of touched on this just a second. Um, but another thing with my career, um, I, I felt like I could know other people, but other people couldn't know me. I didn't want to be known. I wanted to hide. I was fearful and afraid. Um, and so instead of hiding and fearing those deep relationships, I know that I am fully known and loved. And really, I should put an unconditionally there. Psalm 139, 13, and 14. Does anyone else know any other great verses about the Lord's love? Yeah. What it, do you know what it says? I know. I, I put you on the spot. It's, it's hard. But God demonstrates. Gold star. Everybody give her a hand. Okay, so yeah, that's another great verse. Um, and I kind of did that because this is awesome and it's easy to practice and I would, I would encourage you to practice. But when you're on the spot and when you're in the moment, it kind of is a little nerve-wracking. So you want to um, kind of overknow the things that you know and then also just pray throughout um, your time sharing because ultimately the Lord is going to do what he's going to do whether or not you... Um, communicate what you think you're communicating. So 
does this all make sense? Do you, do you guys feel like you could um, take a few minutes and write yours? Maybe just three bullet points? Yeah? Okay. Before you do that, I'm just going to tell you three things um, about um, your story. Three things, really, I guess, um, not to do. One, remember... And maybe write these down. One, remember, Jesus is the superhero. So you see the cross over here, and I put Jesus as the great big um, centerpiece. Brandon touched on this a second ago, but it's not because I did anything. Uh, Jesus is the superhero. I am a wreck. I am a wretch. Um, and because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, um, I don't have to be that. Okay, so one, Jesus is the superhero. Two, don't glorify your sins. Um, I think it's awesome if you were like MVP of your high school football team. But no one else cares. So number two, don't glorify your sins. I mean, it's. It, I mean, it'd be so easy to be like, yeah. And I was like, I had bottle service, and I had a, uh, you know, everyone, all the ladies just like flocked to me. Sorry, guys, I'm picking on y'all. Um, but just don't glorify your sins. We, we never want to make that life look appealing because really there's a lot of emptiness and brokenness there. So we get it, um, but no one really cares. Okay, and the third thing is um, your story is one of the best tools you have. Um I'll let you write that. And I say that because people can argue with a lot of things, but they can't argue with your personal testimony. They can't tell you, hey, man, no. You weren't those things. You're like, oh. People can't argue your personal testimony. They can't argue that Jesus has transformed your life. Okay, can y'all say them with me? What's the first one? Jesus is your superhero. Okay, two. Awesome. Three. You guys are awesome. You'll be teaching next week. Okay, so we're going to give you just a few minutes in your table time to kind of um, pinpoint the three things. Um, don't feel like you have to have a good cookie cutter thing right now. One thing that was really, really helpful for me is to write out just a huge story and then go through and say, okay, here are the big things. Um, so if you know them, that's awesome. Um, but don't feel like, oh my gosh, I, I can't figure out which three things. So my story must not be good. Your story's awesome because the Lord wrote it. All right. All right. Cool. Helpful exercise. You all getting your uh, left of the cross, right of the cross things down? Yeah? Um, so here's what we'll do. Here's your homework uh, for this week. So uh, Laura did a fantastic job of helping us think through 
just our life before the, uh, before the cross, before Christ, how Jesus is the hero and what life has uh, been like since knowing Christ and knowing his word. So next week, right when we gather in here, we want you to be ready just to share with the partner. So you'll partner up right when you get to the table. Be ready to share your three-minute testimony, just your three-minute testimony, and that's it, all right? And so here's going to be your mental kind of uh, just kind of guide as we talk through tonight. Uh, who were you? What was the identity of the things you were seeking before you knew Christ that, we, as we all know, is hollow and empty apart from Jesus? When was it that but God moment right in the middle of um, praise be his name that he opened up my eyes and heart to see that he is these things? Boom, boom, boom. So again, that's just a flow. I'm a kind of linear guy. There's a lot of creatives that can do that um, in a different way. But for me, that's the way I think of it before Christ, but God uh, at conversion and after. So be ready. And it's hard. I mean, to synthesize your story in three minutes is tough, but that's why we're doing this. That's why we're training. So that's your homework. Next Wednesday, be ready. Three-minute testimony to share with others. So, um, and if you guys are in, I think if you're a member here, you are in a community group. I, my group went through Unashamed, uh, man, several months ago, and it was one of the best things that our group has done because we were rolling for about six months, but we used that as a weekend away and a retreat. It bonded us because we spent the weekend together amongst uh, a bunch of other folks in West Dallas serving over there and really kind of doing this stuff. But secondly, it gave us a language and great experiences for that. So the registration closes this weekend. Uh, Ryan wanted me to tell you that, so it's not too late to sign up. And it is the following weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Did I see a question? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. So it's a... Uh, it's a three-day getaway, so you'll be staying. So consider if anyone's been on a mission, anybody been on a mission trip overseas or out of the state uh, that we're in, great. It's just so picture that. So it's a three-day getaway, except you stay in Dallas, but it's in West Dallas. So you stay there, you lodge there, you're fed there, you do your team building there. So um, you'll have uh, some worship there on Friday night. You'll have a prayer walk in a different part of the city on Friday. On Saturday, you'll wake up and you'll serve somewhere, and then you'll go out into the city. Our group went to Clyde Warren Park, and we just initiated conversations. Hey, how you doing? Are you from here? And we just got to know people, and we shared some awesome sharing gospel conversations happen. So you go back, you wash up, you have dinner, and uh, you just kind of worship and share story. Oh, uh, Awaken, there's a worship night that night on Saturday, so that's Saturday. And then Sunday, you wake up, you go to a a church either in West Dallas or one that's right downtown, and it's in um, it's it's kind of designed to serve the uh, to have a worship service for homeless that are down there in, in downtown Dallas. So you do that, you have lunch, you debrief, you just share what Jesus did over the weekend, share all the stories that you didn't hear outside of your group, and then they release you. So it's an in town mission trip in West Dallas. So uh, on the you can kind of search for it on the website, and I'll have some more uh, info there. Yeah. Yeah, it will happen again. Yeah, so we figure this is a perfect one for this group since you're going through and then you can apply it, but there will be ones in the future. So not till 2016 after that. So let me know. Come on up afterwards if you have some other um, questions around that. And then uh, lastly, next Thursday, we'll see you here and everything. And I think you got your homework and everything else. So we'll let you roll. Come on up if you have questions. Laura and I will be here. So let me pray for us uh, and then we'll go from here. So, Father God, we love you. We thank you uh, that you are good and you're gracious. And in your loving kindness, 
um, you allowed us to see and cherish and behold Jesus. He's the hero. He's the author of salvation as we sing. And we love you because of our Savior. And we thank you that we've been forgiven our sins. And we can live with you forever with the promise of hope in heaven um, when our day arrives. So, God, thank you for that great truth. I pray that you would help us uh, be ready to share and that we're prepared to share the hope that we have. So in the days to come leading up to next Thursday, I pray you would help us um, and equip us to be ready to share a story in a clear and concise and great way to make you the champion of the life change that you brought in our own hearts. So we love you, God. We thank you for Jesus. And we ask all these things in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great night. Great being with you all tonight.